everyone. This is Nanette from NanetteFayGordon.com, and you're listening to the Fire After 50 podcast. This is the spot where I sit down with passionate women over the age of 50, and we explore what lights them on fire. Women who listen to their own intuition to design a life they love, many in unconventional ways. So sit back and prepare to be inspired. Welcome to the next episode of the Fire After 50 podcast. And I am so happy that you're here joining me again. Um, I believe this is the fifth one that we've done. And the women are just amazing that I've had an opportunity to be able to speak with. And I'm thrilled to be able to meet them all. And the woman that is with me today is a woman that I've actually never met in person. But um, I feel a great kinship with her through our stories. And I'm very excited to talk with her. And I think we've got a lot to unpack today. Um, Her name is Donna Markison. She's a wife, mother, a devoted dog mom. She's a best-selling author with three books to her name. She's a certified integrative nutrition health coach and a breast cancer survivor turned advocate. As a caregiver for her husband, who was battling an incurable cancer, multiple myeloma, Donna shares her personal journey to underscore the importance of trusting one's intuition when facing life's challenges. She inspires us to choose joy and self-love, especially during times of uncertainty. Donna, welcome, welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nanette. It's been a pleasure. It will be a pleasure to talk with you. I know we have a lot to cover. (laughs) We do. And where are you located? I'm in um, the Lakes region in New Hampshire. Lakes. Oh, lucky you. such Such a beautiful, beautiful area. I love it there. And so my first question for each woman is, what is lighting you on fire right now? What are you most passionate about right now? 100% taking care of myself and taking care of my husband and being intentional with that. What I mean by that is just living with intention and being present with each day and each moment. And um, because of my, what my husband is currently going through, it really, I had to fine tune that in a way that I had to really dig deep, both of us did actually, um, to understand that we only have today. And um, by doing that, it has brought both of us more joy and happiness and peace. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And if we don't have joy, happiness and peace, then what, what do we have? Really? Well, yeah. I mean, th- it's not always easy to access that. And, you know, it, it's a process because, um, well, I'll just, if you don't mind me just kind of elaborating on that. Absolutely. Last year, my, my when my husband was diagnosed with um, multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer, and it, it attacks your bone marrow. Um, you get these lesions on your bones. Um, it causes a tremendous amount of pain. And um, when you're watching somebody go through that, it can be very scary. 
and we're entering, as you know, the unknown, right? And then to be told that this, there's no cure for this. And all we can do right in, in today's environment is, you know, with, with the treatments that they have, we will treat it. And um, so with that said, both of us, and I, I truly believe this, instead of living with us, instead, instead of dying with cancer, we decided we're going to live with cancer. Mm. And that is the key right there. Mm. That is the key. That really is the key. And can you give us a little bit of your, of your story? Um, cancer, breast cancer survivor. Um, now you're a, an advocate for other women through um, the work that you do and, and the books that you've written. Um, an author, health coach. Can you give us a little bit of, of your story, how you got here? Sure. When I was um, going through my own cancer, I was 44 at the time. And I had, um, my mother had breast cancer prior, five years prior, and she had a, more of an advanced stage. And back then it was well over 20, 22 years ago. They didn't have the treatments that they have available today. Um, but it was very scary for me when I first got diagnosed because I saw and witnessed what my mother had, what, what she had gone through. So fast forward, I went into, um, I had it in both breaths. So I had, I had the surgery, I had the double mastectomy, went through chemotherapy, came out of it on the other side. And um, what I realized was I needed to start taking care of me both emotionally and physically. And that was the tipping point of me being able to understand that it's up to me to take responsibility for how I want to move through the rest of my life. And that's when I just decided to um, release some I released some people from my life that weren't serving me and were draining my energies. I also released um, a job that I wasn't happy in, but I, I kind of felt I needed to do it because this, the pay was so good. And how how would I ever find another job? You know, that was Boy, holding yeah. hostage. <laughs> I've, I've been there. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm sure many of us have, have been in that type of situation. Um, so it was just a the start of my journey to start to realize that in order for me to now I'm cancer free, I'm going through my treatments, I'm cancer free. Now what? Mm. How do you want to live? Mm -hmm. Because what I was doing before wasn't working. I was, you know, I let stress dictate how I moved through my life. Mm. And we all know that the chemical response from in your body when stresses, when you're always in that fight or flight, it hurts you. Mm. And, you know, it will, for me, it showed up in many different symptoms from neck aches, back aches, headaches, stomach aches, and then bang, cancer. Mm -hmm. So you're really talking about the, the mind body connection. 
Yes. Yeah, and something that was totally new to me. I, I wasn't even on my radar before. before and when you, yeah, and when you got cancer and went through the treatments, at what point, like what was the pivotal point when you said, wait, maybe this isn't just a physical thing happening my in my body. Maybe it's also representing my mind and what I, my feelings and my emotions and when did you when did you make that connection? It was not overnight. It was a lot of self-discovery. And all of a sudden, I am immersing myself in self-help books, spirituality. Um, back then, my favorite person to listen to was Wayne Dyer. And that brought me so much peace in having entirely different perspective of what I used to have but it took years for me to start learning that again it's up to me to change my life mm -hmm. and no one else is going to be able to to do that for me mm -hmm. the book that I have of yours which by the way I've devoured it and it's got marks and <laughs> parentheses and stars and everything on so many pages. Um, it, but in you, in the, this book is the a take command of your total health, a woman's guide to fearless aging, which is a wonderful title. First of all, I, I love yeah. it. And um, oh my gosh, there's just so many things in here that I related to, but this passage um struck me. It was on page 41. What we don't realize is past trauma, if not addressed, follows you throughout your entire life. It gets triggered by situations that arise that remind you of those old feelings and emotions stored deeply in your subconscious that you may not even realize are, are there. I know because this was me. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. That was me. And what I mean by that is the past trauma for me was I witnessed my own mother. She was um, a long time, there's all the time in a fight or flight, high stress state. And she, you know, she'd walk around with pinched nerves in her neck and she'd be, um, this is not to say there's anything wrong with how she was. She was a victim of her own upbringing and circumstance and trauma. Mm -hmm. And she was never able to release that in order to heal. And I had to understand that. So it took when I was going through my healing process, I realized that, hmm, I have I am doing the same things that my mom did without being even realizing it. So when I understood that, I went to work intentionally to stop beating myself up. You know, we we we're our own worst enemies. Mm. We're our own worst critics. We compare ourselves to everyone else around us. And then we belittle ourselves. So it took that self-awareness for me to say, I can't go in that direction anymore. I saw what it did to her. 
So it was up to me, which I did. I did um, just a lot. I, I worked with different healers. Um, I did Reiki's. I, I, I just did a bunch of things to help me heal. Mm. That was going to be one of my questions. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, we hear people say, well, I just changed my mind frame and that, you know, helps so much. And, and then the next question is always like, how did you do that? You know, how did you change your mind frame? And then it go even like kind of more nitty gritty, like what were the actual things that you did and do? And I know you just mentioned like Reiki and healers. And can you give us a list of any other things that were part of your process of going from, you know, fight or flight and um, holding it all in your body to, and and maybe it also sounds like maybe not at that point, accepting responsibility for you being the change agent to going to a point where you're like, the only person that can change me is me. Um, I'm going to do this differently. I'm in control. What were some of the things that you did besides Reiki and going to healers? Yeah, it, it's one of the things I, I did when I was first coming out of my treatments for breast cancer is I went to a clinic in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, that came highly recommended me to me from a friend, and I to this day will thank her for it. Because in addition to my emotional healing, I had to physically heal and I did some detoxing. So <laughs> I'll quickly just tell you what I did, but it's all part of it because it's all the physical healing is just as important as the mental healing. Um, and I I went three times, three days a week, and it took me an hour to get there. But and I did. I sat in these hot hot saunas, um, with oxygen up my nose, and I just kind of sweat and released any leftover toxins from my body, which was the chemotherapy and all the other stuff that I was on. Mm. Um, I had done colonics, another way to clear clean everything out. Cranial sacral uh, massage there, that's when I was first introduced to that. And it's funny because when you're doing these different modalities, you react in different ways. And what I saw every time I did any kind of cleansing was um, I would weep. I would cry. Mm. I would release. Mm -hmm. and, and every time I was doing that, I saw I saw that. I was releasing mm. toxic energy and toxic emotions mm. Mm. and these past traumas. And it's just not something you can do overnight, but if you get that and you can start realizing that instead of having all of these blockages, there are ways to release them. Mm. both physically and and then emotionally and lying on that Ricky table always I would be ending with tears and I I would wake you know I was sort of in a trance too when we were doing it and I would when I first started I looked at the practitioner and I said why am I crying and she explained to me 
this is good. This is good. Mm, this is the releasing process. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah. So talk to me about your intuition, because I know from us talking a little bit the other day, um, you're using and listening to your intuition. Again, you mentioned is something that was fairly new to you. Um, and, but now it sounds like it's a huge part of your life. 100%. Yes. There were, um, I many, many years when I would not ever listen to my own intuition and was always asking outside opinions, what to do and only made me more and more confused when I did that. Mm. And it wasn't until, um, 49 years old, I think I mentioned this to you before, when I was sitting in a therapist's office and she, there was someone in my life I needed to confront and I just never could. And it was just a huge block for me. And she really, she gave me the ultimatum. She said, unless you do this, you cannot come back to, to the sit down with me because this, she truly believed this is what I needed to do. And of course, I really wanted to continue with her. So I obliged <laughs> and I did what she told me to do. And it was a huge light bulb aha moment when I did that, because all of a sudden, the huge weight and burden of this fear that I carried around for me for years lifted. Mm. So and, your intuition had told you you needed to do this, but the fear had held you back from the fear. And, and yes, fear is, uh, as we know, it's it's our worst enemy mm -hmm. until we confront it. Mm -hmm. And so that was the beginning of me. Oh, this is oh, wow. I can really start listening to I can believe my truth. Mm -hmm. You know, I can trust my truth now. Mm. We have to have some history, I think, of of trusting it and then having it turn out in a way that makes us feel better before we do really start to wholeheartedly trust it. I think for myself, whenever I hear my intuition talk, telling me to do something, if I if the fear pops up, then my next thought is, hey, last time you listened to your intuition, it worked out okay. Um, and the times that you didn't live, listen to your intuition, well, it didn't always work out so well. So I right. think it helps to have the history, like we build on that, right? We listen to our intuition, it works out for the better, best for us. And then we dare to listen to our intuition again and again, and it helps to build on that. Yes. The more you use it and practice it, the better and more stronger it gets. And the one thing that I, I notice now is I'm so fine-tuned with it. I know right away when I meet somebody, if this is not a good person for me to engage with. Mm. And I don't question that. It's the energy. It's I pick up on people's energies really quickly. And what does that feel like in your body? It, it there's a that whole pit in your stomach kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um immediately if if there's a if there's like a static and i just feel it but then alternatively 
if I see the light in someone, I feel that immediately too. Mm. And I trust it. Yeah. That's the beauty, I think, is that when Mm. we open up those pathways, it isn't just the negative that comes in, but it's the positive. It's like until we open up those pathways, we're really not feeling these strong emotions on either end. Correct. So so true. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. Um, So with your journey as a cancer survivor, it undoubtedly is a source of strength and resilience. um, And I'm sure it's really helped you know that you're a really strong woman. Um, How did the personal experience with cancer change your perspective on health in general or your health in general? Oh, yeah, that 100% changed me because I had was not even aware that um, just, you know, cleaning, clean eating, trying to clean up your diet. And um, well, let's see, was I eating? No, I was probably 15 to 20 pounds overweight at the time, um, but didn't really think much of it. And then when I went through my cancer, I started researching um, diet and lifestyle and how that has a an impact on your physical health. And so I started reading more and more. And that's when I decided um, not not right after the cancer, but as I was as I was practicing and eating healthy and taking care of I taking care of my body with exercise and daily, you know, good nutrition. And that's when I decided, you know what, I think I want to take this a step further. And I I went, you know, I did the um, program with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, um, took took that all in. And that was when it was a game changer, because I really learned mm. a lot. And at what point did you decide you just didn't want to hold all that information for yourself, which is wonderful, which I think a lot of people do because they're so overwhelmed with everything that's happened in their life. But when did you decide that you wanted to write books and, you know, support and help other women? Well, I don't know about you and I, you probably feel the same way, but I really feel strongly that as we teach, we're learning as much. And I just had this calling and inner knowing that I can put I get I gotta get this out there on in my own terms in my own words because you know as we all know there's a there's a ton of health books out there mm-hmm. but I wanted to give it my spin and then obviously I did I used my own personal stories in in it and what I believed in and as you going back to the intuition, as you do this, everything's just starts flowing. Mm. And, you know, you just, you're right. I didn't have writer's block because I just was in tune to what I wanted to say. And what was important. Therapeutic process. It's very, it's very therapeutic. It is. Mm. And it, um, you get energized from it. Yeah. And it may not, you know, hey, my book may not resonate with whoever, the person next door. And that's not why I don't want I don't I know everyone's not going to resonate with it, but 
it's those people that it affects positively mm. and they if they get you know something out of this that's going to help them mm-hmm. and that that's what more can you ask for absolutely absolutely and um i know so right now i know you've been in the past year or so doing a lot of caretaking for your husband and how do you maintain your own health and emotional wellness um, I've been a caretaker also um, for my for my partner for many years and through many things. And it's easy to get lost. It's easy to, to really put our own um, health and emotional wellness to the side. And how do you maintain your positive attitude and all the things that you've gained when you're a caretaker? Mm. So true. You're right. It's easy to get lost. And as with everything in life, it's all about processing what is happening. So um, truth be told, I would never lie. When he was first diagnosed over a year ago, and we were going through all of his weekly chemos and radiation, and he, he was you know, in a walker, he couldn't walk, he was in so much pain. That is, you're coming from a place of just fear, the unknown, what do I do? How how do I handle this? Um, you're just, just trying to figure it all out. Mm. And there, the breaks in the often take a walk, and you release, you cry, you get, you get then you come back. And But the process, there's a process because then you get angry. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. And we live up in a, I live up in here in Lake Winnipesaukee and it was the summertime and all of these families are up here and they're all boating and jumping in the lake and having fun. And I'm racing down the road trying not to go over any bumps because it would cause him a lot of pain to get him to chemo an hour and 45 minutes away. And I'm pissed because I'm looking at all these people having fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Angry. Right. So yeah. I won't sugarcoat that because it is, who, as you know, as a caregiver, you need to acknowledge. And that's what I, I acknowledged what I was feeling because it was real. Mm. It was real. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he was feeling a lot of it too. He was. He was. Um, and Justin, he was in so much pain. It just was incredible. And to watch somebody in pain is, that's when you feel helpless. Because, you know, there's not much you can do except mm-hmm. just be there for support. Mm-hmm. So that was my, that's the first step of, of, this whole processing and then as the treatment started to take hold um i kind of released that um angst fear and said okay i look at him two months ago he's doing better now grab onto that Mm -hmm. grab onto that so that's what i kept doing i kept taking the chunks of his of, of you know of his treatments and the improvements that he's he's getting but then i realized i wasn't taking care of myself 
at all. And be, oh, because we don't, right? We're just like worried about, but I had a, a little bit of breathing room at this point. So what I decided to do is um, <laughs> in, in my home here in New Hampshire, I have a basement. It's a small finished basement. Um, I set up my, I have a Peloton. I set up, I have, I stream my classes on, on the television. I have this little light show that I put on a little, like it's called little light that I plug in and I have all these beautiful stars going around. The, and I, I use that as my release mm -hmm. and it, makes me I feel I'm taking care of myself I'm also meditating down there uh, meditation has been a huge help I a couple of years ago took transcendental meditation and you know I put it aside now I'm bringing it back and I'm realizing that just these little chunks of oh I'm taking care of myself I'm doing this for me has helped me huge, huge. Yeah. And it's not being selfish. No, no. I, I loved how in your book, and I don't know exactly where it was at the moment, but how you describe the process of um, being angry or being frustrated or having those negative feelings and the process of feeling them, but not staying with them too long that it starts to eat away at our, at ourselves and then how you were able to kind of say wait this is a not this is not helpful to me or to my husband i think you've mentioned you yeah. know realizing that i've got to do something to change my mind frame um and i love that that you you came to that realization and then you took steps and i'm sure that made a huge difference yeah, you know, maybe for those who are listening, it it may not be even on your radar that that's even an option. And the, maybe you need help with that. And that's where I want to say, point out that reach out to a therapist or a life coach or someone, a good friend who can show you another perspective. Mm. You know, I, I, not everybody has the quick self-awareness of that. Right. I remember when we were, we had a long stretch in the hospital at one point, I think it was 12 or 13 days. And most every evening I would go down when he would go to sleep. We were in the hospital. He would have a, have a nap and I would let the nurse know I'm leaving for a half an hour and go to the cafeteria and put my feet up and get myself something decent to eat and call my best friend, mm -hmm. my sister. And sometimes we would laugh. Sometimes we would cry. But, you know, when I came back to the room a half hour later, I felt as though I had done something for me. I had taken a half hour that was just for me. And it made such a huge difference. I could then be a better person for him, a better caregiver. And it just made me feel so much better. But it took me several days being there before I allowed myself to do that. Um, but boy, is it ever important to try to do something to release, release the anger and all the pieces that come along with these health issues um, or trauma issues or 
whatever it might be to get to a better place? It, it's a much better way of approaching it than to become or just stay as the victim of this circumstance because the victim mindset doesn't empower you to make any positive choices. And so the situation at hand is just has the power over you and it's just not helping you. Right. And that's why I said it's important because I mean, I know this, I practice this, but not everybody gets that right away, especially if they're dealing with a loved one who's in trauma. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you need to find the source that can help you Yes, find a better path. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And the whole mind body connection. Um, yeah. I think is so important and so relevant. And also for me made me feel like I had control of something. Because if something is happening in my body and I don't feel as though there's a mind-body connection, if I don't believe that, then I basically are throwing, I'm throwing my hands up and saying, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to listen to the doctors or I'm just going to do this or just going to do that. Whereas if we can, if we believe the mind-body connection, it for if somehow puts us back into a position of some control. Some, not not all control by any means, but some control. And I know for me, it started with um, Christine Northrup's book, Women's yes. Studies, Women's Wisdom, yeah, yeah. a long time Love ago. Her. My kids were my kids were little, and um, I remember going to an appointment with my OBGYN, and he said, "Ah, oh, there's I have a little concern here. We should probably do um, some more tests." And and I realized, hmm my partner and I are going through some things right now, emotional things. We're getting some help around that. Um, And I said to him, and I thought it was the first time I'd opened my mouth to even say that I believed in the mind body connection. And I said, you know, my partner and I are going through through some things right now and we're, um, we're getting some help around that. So my preference would be to wait and come back in six months because I think that this issue won't be here anymore. And he looks at me with these wide eyes, like, oh my goodness, who is this girl? And then he said, okay, I'll trust that you know what's best for your body. And that was my very first time of number one, acknowledging the mind-body connection and number two, verbalizing it. And thank goodness that first doctor was supportive, supportive to you know help me be able to do that again and again and again and say, I don't think that this is the right treatment for cancer. Or I feel like we need to wait and, and research one more doctor for radiation or whatever it might be. Listening to our intuition. And um, yeah. I have a similar story that happened to me back in 2018. Um, my husband and I went on a trip to Italy. And I landed the first night in Tuscany, postmenopausal, mind you, probably uh, five years postmenopausal. And I, I landed on a, um, well, in Tuscany, and lo and behold, I got my period. <laughs> yeah. And um, this period lasted a good year, 
ongoing. Goodness. So you can imagine how scary that was. Of course, with my, you know, the history, they had did all kinds of tests with the uterus and everything. And, and those tests proved to be okay. Everything was normal. And, um, but I did, um, I used bioidentical hormone pellets a year, six months prior, because I was, it was helping me with um, my menopausal symptoms of not being able to sleep and all that, even though, as you probably already know, the OBGYN does not recommend it. Um, this is when I didn't listen to my intuition and just said, you know what, I'm, I was so frustrated dealing with chronic insomnia that I just was wanted to try anything. So anyways, to make a long story short, they at the end said, all we can do is just give you a full hysterectomy. And I land that landed in my gut. And I said, um, let me just, um, let me think about that. And I did. And the following month did, did wait a full month, everything subsided. Mm. And everything went away and I never had to have that surgery. Um, but mm. I I kind of felt like, oh, you know what? My hormones are just out of whack because I injected myself with them. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but you listened to yourself. And now I have to, you know, wait it out. And I listened to that and I was I was 100% correct. Hmm. I think that's, that's the key is, you know, not that we don't trust the doctors because we certainly do. And we want to hear their input. I think it's important to get the input from all the different resources, whether that's, you know, nutritionists or doctors or surgeons and ourselves. To me, it's not an either or it's an, and, and I just really believe that looking at all the different pieces. And like you said, sitting with it for a day or two or a month, it's just so important. And I know I love that you put your story, your story down in your books. And um, this I believe is, is your most recent one. Is that correct? The one that I have here? Yes. Yeah. And again, it's take command of your total health, a woman's guide to fearless aging by Donna Markison. And what are the names of the other two books, Donna? Um, Finding My Way, Facing, where was it? Oh my God, it's been so long. Finding My Way, Facing My Journey with Courage. And that's my personal story. Mm -hmm. And then I have Finding My Way. It's a little booklet that goes with it. No one's going to see it. But um, what I did with that is I extracted all of my quotes within this book mm -hmm. and just put them into, um, well, I'll give you an example. Okay. One of the quotes, when we make a decision to change, to better ourselves, an inner force comes forward on our behalf. Ooh, so each page that. has a quote from my first book and it's oh. all about that like trusting your intuition and I love that that that's so great thank you for putting those out into the world for us to be able to enjoy and take away what works for us 
And, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a huge thing to go through everything that you've gone through, but then still have the energy and the bandwidth to be able to put it in writing. Um, and, you know, I really, I really appreciate that as someone who has been through a lot of the similar things and thoroughly enjoyed this book. Um, and where else can people find you? Uh, we'll definitely put the links to your books in the show notes, um, but where else online can people find you? Sure. I have a website, DonnaMarcuson.com. Mm-hmm. My name, um, M-A-R-K-U-S-S-E-N. Love that last name. It's always long. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, social media, Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and they're all Donna Marcuson? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Very straightforward. Perfect. Well, and I also wanted to say that I really appreciate the woman uh, who is a friend of mine who you had uh, reached out to for a potential service. And then when you folks talked, she called me and said, oh, my goodness, I've got a woman that you have got to interview for your podcast. And it was you, Donna. And um, so I also wanted to let people listening know if you know, if there's when I'm when you're listening to the podcast, if there's a woman that comes to mind that, oh, my gosh, you know, she's over 50. She's passionate. um, She might be looking at things a little bit non-traditionally or living non-traditionally, you know, let me know who that might be, because it might be someone that I would love to have on the podcast. So, Donna. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for spending the time with me today. And again, you know, I'm, I've thoroughly enjoyed your book. It's going to stay on my bookshelves and I'm sure I'm going to keep going back to it and um, you know, best of luck to you and uh, to your husband. And I will definitely keep you in, in my thoughts and I hope everything goes very, very well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you, Donna. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fire After 50 podcast. Please check the show notes for links and resources to everything we mentioned in this episode. And if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit my website at nanettefaygordon.com. And surprise, surprise, I specialize in photographing women over 50. If you'd like more information, you can log on to my website. Thank you for listening. Thank you.